This episode of the Tales Behind the Talent is sponsored by Avine Language Services. If you need proofreading of English texts, translations between Swedish, English and Finnish, or private teaching in Swedish and English, please do not hesitate to contact services at gmail.com. The following messages will only be in Finnish. Stay tuned for the episode. Kauppuriviisi on toteuttanut iskulausettaan Krapulan hoitajohankintaa ja vuodesta 2010. Kauppuri on käynyt läpi monta muodonmuutosta ja kehittänyt itseään vuodesta toiseen. Vuosi koronaa on nyt takana ja kauppuri on edelleen pystyssä, mutta terällä ollaan. Pelastetaan kauppuri yhdessä on Facebook-tapahtuma, jonka tiimolta ravintola pyritään pelastamaan. Mukana on suuri joukko yhteistyökumppaneita ja muita yrityksiä. Sun nimi, Vaneri Laatta, oli hetkellisen päähänpiston kautta välittömästi toteutettu idea. Yksityishenkilö tai yritys voi ostaa itselleen paikan kauppurin katosta 20 euron kappale hintaan. Kauppuriviisi täyttää 16.4. ja 11 vuotta ja on siis lunastanut paikkansa tärkeänä osana Oulun ravintolaskeneä. Auta pelastamaan kauppuri. Lisätietoa Facebook-tapahtumasta. Hello there, dear listener, wherever you might be. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Tales Behind the Talent. And this time, as my guest, I have Rauli Alaruikka. And uh, I'm gonna let the gentleman introduce himself a little bit. Hello. Yeah, I'm a bass player, vocalist, and uh, let's say a multitasker in various different areas in the music industry. Uh, briefly put, but well put, I would say. Uh, let's get down to business. Um, how did you get introduced to music? Well, I think uh, I'm not sure. Like, uh, what would be like the single most important point in my life? But I would uh, put there like few key points. I I remember. I think I was five years old and uh i have two big sisters the other one had a friend mm. there at, at our place at sleep sleepover and she had a c cassette of uh, metallica's and justice for all album mm. and of course as a youngster i li- liked to like spy on my sisters especially when they had their friends so i heard the music and uh, for some reason it sounded really good to me mm. so what did i do uh when, when they went to have a sauna i stole the cassette of course yeah well of course i, I was naturally i was caught of of it later on a later occasion but uh my big sister's friend was so kind that she made a copy out of it yeah to me afterwards so you you can listen to it uh without her yeah. <laughs> on your own Okay. Precisely. So, and I think I still have the cassette uh, somewhere in the in the drawer. Yeah. And probably the other uh, point would be uh, when my other big sister listened very much of uh, the Prodigy's music for the Childed Generation album. Mm. That was one that really stuck to me, and it still has been like on my playlist all, all over the years. So I I listen to it several times in a year still mm. and the latest and probably the one that had the most important uh effect on me was when i was 12 uh and uh i saw 
so the Emperor's Anthem to the Welking at the Dusk CD in the music library of the mm. municipality of Rovaniemi. Yeah. And I just had heard like from the big boys that this is the shit, so I had to loan it and I still remember like the jaw dropping moment when I first listened to it and that got me introduced into extreme metal. Yeah. So you went from Metallica to Prodigy to uh, extreme or black metal. Yeah, and like I, I think there were something in between as well, but I think those were probably the three most affecting key, key points to my yeah how I was introduced to music. Yeah. Uh, at what point did you start to think that mu- music would be something that you would like to do more in the future yourself? I guess that the probably around when I was fourteen, when I wanted to start to learn how to play guitar so mm. I, i i think that was the point when i when i wanted to be yeah. able to play and to compose music in the future mm. okay um so did you start playing music yourself or was it someone else in your life or was it like a did you start playing in school in a music class or did you already play something Uh, before that well i think like in uh there was a like music music was one uh area that are taught in the in the school so yeah i participated there but i think like i just wa- wanted to learn how to play guitar and i told my mother about it so she bought a guitar for me and signed me up for guitar lessons Yeah, and that was around when I was fourteen. Okay, so for at fourteen, um, have you always been excited about music after you got introduced to it, or has there been a break in your enthusiasm, uh, for example, during uh, the late teenage years, or has it been uh, like a straightforward music enthusiasm after you started playing yourself? Yeah, well, I think the enthusiasm has been there around, like since I heard the Emperor album, so from from the age of twelve. Like, mm. of course, it the it is a bit more or less like seasonal. That sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but it's or it has always been there ever mm. since. Okay, so when did you first start playing in a band with other people? And what kind of a project was that? Well, I think the first... So the first time I, I played in a band was in my senior year at the upper secondary school at our uh, last day in, in school, which is a kind of like a party. Mm. And there is a the- theme. So we formed a few different bands there to perform different songs. And I think that was the first time I ever was playing in a band like in front of an audience okay. like I performed one song with the bass and the other song with vocals mm. so. no actually no I, I just remembered mm-hmm. <laughs> that actually the the first time was like in in the in the senior year in the upper secondary school like during our 80s day where I, I, I was performing vocals for ACDC Guns and Roses and Iron Maiden mm. Still have the videotape for it, and it's really, really funny. Funny to look like 
how shitty I was, but <laughs> still I got the balls to do it because yeah. nobody else uh, <laughs> wouldn't do it. And that's kind of a similar situation to me because when there was the seniors day in in my high high school or upper secondary school and uh, uh, someone somebody had to play paranoid on guitar and I I didn't know how to play guitar really but it was me who ended up playing the playing paranoid it went actually pretty well but I didn't know how to play the solo but it was something that the guitar players didn't want to play live so uh, it ended up on my desk so to speak kind of funny thing because it's a classic song so why didn't they want to play it yeah i think it was like uh, if they play it wrong or or if it's too too corny or something like that i don't know um but how about when did you kind of form your first band that outside of uh, school life that that would be like a band activity in a way yeah i think uh, there was this uh event uh organized by the music library of the city of Rovaniemi which was called like library rock where like all the local bands uh, could sign up to perform mm. and I think that was actually the first time I was ever in a concert as well I think back when I was like 10 or 11 or something like, like that and then of course the years go went by and I started to play uh, guitar myself and I changed it to bass so to that event uh, i think it was when i was uh was i like 16 or 17 or something like that and i just thought that it would be fun to make a a cover band play playing new metal songs just out of laugh laughs yeah, yeah. and i just called to my friends and said that i, I had this wacky idea and I don't know like why it was like like the the new metal thing because we all didn't like that much new metal so it was kind of like a forbidden fruit but mm. but for some reason it was just like out of laugh and as a joke and actually we with that group we ended up performing like in was it like in three similar kind of events playing yeah stuff like cold chamber corn drowning pool slipknot and stuff like mm. that so uh when did you first play in a band that made its own material then if that was co that was a cover band kind of yeah it actually evolved like pretty much from from that group like we only had a change of a drummer there who uh who moved the original drummer moved from from Rovaniemi so we had to get an, uh, another drummer and then we started to think well, like it would be fun to make our own music mm. and that was uh, Ravage Machinery which is still active and uh, yeah I think that was around 2001 or two yeah so that's that's been going on for 20 years yeah well Mm, more or less so yeah no actually now 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 that i figure it it's, it was not that early i i think it was like 2004 yeah 2004 yeah. i i think it's the the year when we formed the late 2004 yeah mm. so almost almost 20 years yeah 
so did you start as a play- bass player? Yes, I was the bass player there. And nowadays you're a vocalist, so yeah. Uh, when did that transition happen for you? Well, our singer moved, our previous singer moved to Turku to study there. And uh, he was still in a band like after that for like maybe two years. Mm. But I think it was uh, 2011 or 2012 when he did decided to quit. And uh, we had uh, some uh, gigs already coming and we tried to uh, get a new singer, like put an announcement to d- different places that we were looking for a singer, but we didn't got any uh, any 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 replies from anyone who would mm. be interested in that and still we got the shows were coming so i figured that it would be easier to find a bass player than a vocalist so i decided mm. that i will do the vocals for those three gigs that we had had coming and after those three gigs uh it was like a like a mini tour mm. with sadistic forest and uh, a band from St. Petersburg called Sceptery. Mm. And af- afterwards, uh, there came such a good feedback out of my performance that, that you should have been the vocalist from the start and stuff like that. And because our mm. uh, the fill-in bass player, Samuli, was uh, into our music and was able able to uh, like join the band, so we figured that it would be easiest solution for me to yeah. change the vocals and Samuli enter as a bass player. Okay, so uh, had you been uh, doing vocals in in that kind of a range before, like uh, growls and uh, screams and everything that you you do in the band? So, or did you have to kind of uh, learn it for that occasion, or was it familiar to you? Yeah, it was familiar because like we had some some band projects uh, uh, like earlier where I was doing the vocals we never recorded any anything and at that time or maybe with those bands it was not it, it didn't felt like my cup of tea at mm. the time and i had been doing uh like the backup vocals with bass mm. so yeah. it was it was already familiar stuff for me so it wasn't a completely cold tran- transition to that so. no not at all and and like like I said that I uh, in the upper secondary school senior year I was doing the vocals there. Mm. Well, of course not not growling like in the eighties day, but like our uh, like the the last party there I was already doing doing growling yeah. performing. Children of bottoms uh, hate me. no not hate me every time I die. Yeah, okay, so. Uh, how about bass then? How how have you been training bass uh, since you started playing it? Well, at first I started to like learn it myself because like after two years of guitar playing, it just didn't felt like uh, my instrument. And then I had like the beginner's mistake of thinking that yeah, bass would be much more easier because it has two less strings on it. Mm. But how how wrong was I? Yeah. But I I got my friend's uh, bass 
like I loaned it, loaned it from my friend and I started to like practicing some songs that I, I liked. I looked up some no, no, notes, chords or tabs uh, from in- internet and then I started to feeling like, yeah, this is more, more kind of my thing. Yeah. And I, I have took some uh, few, few, few classes like uh, at my friends who actually ha- has been like the bass solo master of Finland for three, three times. Mm. And of course, like uh, on a later occasion on my studies, when I was studying as a sound, sound technologist in, in the city of Tornio, mm. of course, there was also in- instrument teaching yeah. there. So um, uh, you started on your own, but you then have been taking uh, classes. And uh, uh, I think that that's how it usually happens that people usually start playing by themselves and then do you think that it it would be beneficial for people to take take lessons uh, uh or is it something that if if it doesn't suit you you just should uh, teach yourself because uh that's a question that i have asked uh, other people too who have been as a guest on this program or podcast yeah well of course it's it's beneficial uh, like nobody knows the things unless you're taught of mm. the things or well of course you can figure out something out of yourself too but like of course if there is somebody who has more skills in it and mm. can teach you then of course it's beneficial and yeah i can strongly recommend to that everyone mm. I, i i haven't been like like the best student in in that way because i i i do understand la la like the the theory of music and that that kind of stuff it's not like the most interesting part because mm. people most people just want to play but like in the end it will be beneficial for you yeah in in so many ways like in composing and and jamming and other other kind of th- stuff mm. so highly recommend it yeah um let's go to first uh, shows so uh we already talked about you performing a little bit but um You currently have uh, four bands going on, right? Or yeah, that's correct. So you're singing in one and then be- playing bass in three, or yeah, and yeah. doing doing the backup vocals, yeah, as well. So uh, when did you start in these other projects? And uh, uh, was Ravage Machinery for you like um, a, a solo? Another solo, but a single project in your life for some time, or have you had like uh, other other projects uh, the whole time? Uh, in a way, yeah, the Ravage Machinery was like on my main focus for a very long time. I like w- when I was living in Rovaniemi still, and uh, at Rovaniemi I I was. Uh, for for uh, like was it like a year or a year and a half two years some, something like that i was in a in a like a 80s metal glam metal ba- band called rockomania mm. at one one point and uh, when i when i moved to oulu um, then i joined from the void which is all, also originally from rovaniemi mm. I think this was like in 2014 
14, I guess, mm. or 15, 14 or 15. And then uh, in 2018, I I joined uh, Ikuturso and and uh, Suotana, mm. if I remember correctly. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about From the Void uh, for a moment. So uh, how did you, you, you knew the guys from Rovaniemi or... Uh, did you have just that thing in common when you? When you yeah, yeah, I, I, I knew them already from Rovaniemi. Yeah, as I was there organizing gigs since 2010 with the non-profit music association Arctic Live Entertainment that I was uh, part part of, like mm. the, one of the founding members, and I was acting as the president for it till the 2019. So naturally i the music scene was quite familiar in in rovaniemi and especially in 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 metal area yeah so uh now let's uh, let's talk about the first show so shows with uh, from the void with with you uh, because uh i think that ravage machinery and from the void are quite different kind of music yes so what what was it like to play uh that kind of uh uh, more like a, it, it's like black metal, but also like atmospheric and uh, melancholic in a way. I, I would describe that, and uh, it's not as, as fast as Ravage uh, Machinery. So, what was it like to play that kind of music? Well, I I don't think that it was like like too. Of course, it did. It is a different kind of music in mm-hmm. different genre, but like I don't see that there was like too much difference there. Well, I, I, or at least like music wise, of course, it's uh, more mid tempo than mm. fast. But uh, I think the single most biggest difference is uh, about the performance, since as it is black metal mm. with the corpse paint, and, and we had the designed uh, uh, outfits for the live shows. Mm. Ra- and in Ravage Machinery, we, we just wear what we want. So it's it's not yeah. like coordinated thing. So I think that was probably the biggest difference there. Mm. So with Ikuturso, do you you also have uh, the same kind of you you dress to the theme in a way? Yeah, well, in Ikuturso is kind kind of like somewhere in between from from the void and Ravage Machinery because we have the corpse paints, but we don't have like, like that uh, strict. Uh, outfits for the live performances mm. so so it can vary there more than in from the void yeah and then again in in suotana you have a different kind of outfit then and uh, yeah yeah it's it's specially like designed and mm. like we we have well, of course we can like if we want we can tune it up ourselves more or less but it's uh like the main thing there is the same with everyone mm. but like we can add some details there if we want yeah so that seems to be a big part of the of the whole uh uh of each project to kind of uh does it feel mentally always different when you when you dress up in in a certain way for a certain show so do you have like a mentality to it in a way yeah and i i don't think it's just like like with the with the dressing up i i think it's for me it's like when i go to the stage i will 
try to uh, have a different kind of mentality there because mm. when I'm at the stage, I'm performing there and I'm not like my civil me, mm. in so to speak. Like I, I have the uh, duty of the bass or the vocals there and I'm performing their music and I'm uh, performing to people, entertaining them. So of course it's like in, in that way, a different mentality there. Mm and the 45 minutes or one hour or wh whatever is the duration of the show i'll try to keep in that state of mind and afterwards i just come back to m being myself again yeah and uh, it's it's related to each project and uh yeah, yeah. well sure there are like, like like different things like for example in the black metal bands there are no no uh like middle speeches between the songs mm. and uh the you're like more uh, how how would i say like you're not that active like with the with the audience yeah. in 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 those i'm not sure if reserved is uh, like the correct word but something like yeah. like that but like with the Swatana and android machine yeah. you can like make contact yeah direct it's, contact. it's more interactive yeah yeah precisely interactive yeah that's yeah. the word okay so how about publications with each each project so uh, the the first the first uh, Ravitch machinery uh, uh, albums have been your first publications, I I would guess then. Or yeah, or probably like, like the demos of the mm. of the band. And uh, how has it been uh, felt like like getting your your music recorded? Well, it's a it's a kind of mixed up feelings because you never get the songs recorded like like in one shot so you are of course excited but then you're still again like more or less disappointed like how shitty you are playing because mm. it's very way much different playing in a uh, live and while recording because in recordings you you're not allowed to make any 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 mistakes and well of course in live performance the mi mistakes should be like in in minimum but it's not like the end of the world if they're happens one one mistake so and i think that it's it's a part of the performance that you kind of expect something different to happen if if every band sounds exactly like they sound on the album it's it's i think that there it lacks some spirit to it if there's a there's kind of a human touch if there's some some sound at least yeah is, i i i totally agree and uh, i i think also that bands it, it would be great if the bands have like, like slightly different arrangements for the live versions because like everybody can listen to the records mm. at home but if they come to the live show the music is like the 50 percent the uh, performance is the other 50 percent and if there is a uh, like some variation in the songs like it's always mm. like a bonus but of course uh the songs usually sound different and they feel different because uh, usually people don't have that kind of uh uh, PA systems and everything at home, so they they have the 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 subwoofers and they feel the music and uh, yeah precisely and uh, they can hear the music very much louder from those uh, festival or venue great speakers yeah and the atmosphere is totally different that there are other people also mm. watching and you're actually seeing the band and maybe interacting with the band and yeah. stuff like that so. Um, then let's talk about the the question that I ask everybody, uh, which is uh, 
when was the first time that you thought that the hard work with music is starting to pay off? And uh, before I let you answer, this is something that is not necessarily measured in money or publicity or any anything like that, but just for yourself, like uh, you have been doing that for playing music for a while. So when it kind of when did it kind of uh, reach that point that you decided that okay I'm gonna continue doing this and it's it's worth the hard work behind doing doing all the all the music or everything to do with the music or or can it be like uh, like or are you asking me la la like when I felt that this was all like worth doing mm, yeah well I would think that there are two points for that. And uh, I think the first one was back in 2013 when uh, the drummer of the ex-drummer of the Man-Eating Tree band Vesaranda, who who was also the drummer of Sentenced, Mm. uh, called me and asked me, hey, you play, play bass? And yeah, sure, I I do. Well, we have like few gigs come coming would you like to come to feeling as our bass player mm. uh, is unavailable and I, I was like 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 what what the hell why why is he calling to me like i i, I think i i even asked him that that why the hell are you calling to me like, yeah yeah sure like you could come mm. there and <laughs> that, yeah sure of course naturally yeah and so in that time and i had like like two two shows with them and from the later show there was this uh one one point where i had that feeling uh it was uh in helsinki in the uh, now demolished venue nosturi it was uh uh warming up for amorphis and it was the new year's eve on 2013 mm. sold out uh venue and i think it was it was either the second or the third song i i, I think like, like the second song uh, which started like with the guitar and as i was uh, giving the beat from the hi-hat and I, as i didn't have any bass lines there i just turned it backwards to gra- grab a sip of, of the beer mm. that i had and i uh, saw Vesa and he was like showing me thumbs up like like good good work good going mm. and at, at that point like it it just cut got to me that yeah i'm i'm not sh- sharing the stage with vesaranda the dr- drummer of of sentence that, that mm-hmm. i have uh, uh listened it like or already to that point like 15 years or yeah. or so, some something like like that and and he's showing me like thumbs up like yeah, like, yeah now it's going going well so so that was like like the single single biggest moment the first one mm. that i thought that thought that yeah now now it's all all like worth this that because i i wouldn't have ever dreamed of doing that kind mm. of thing like with him and i think the second point was uh 2017 when we won with from the void the uh vacuum metal battle uh finland mm. and we got to play in in Wacken open air and it was uh, on Wednesday the first day of the of the festival i think our show was like like 
2.30 or something mm. like that p.m. like during the day and I was like thinking that yeah there probably won't be too many people to see us as we were performing like in a very big tent which yeah. capacity was a lot like 10,000 people or something yeah. like that if I remember that's correctly tent. <laughs> yeah that's that's a huge tent it actually had like like a dual stage there that were joined together and mm. a really huge screen like in in the middle so I was thinking that yeah probably there will be like a like few hundred people at, at max mm. and I, I remember like like before our show uh I, I just heard like, like the crowd was a, yeah there's probably like a little more people than that yeah. and when the curtains opened and I, I saw like like two-thirds of the tent capacity was like full mm. and I was like, like holy shit like like this many people to see our little shitty band and like, like in the middle of the day in, in 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 the first day of the festival and that was like really something mm. it's really it really describes uh, how big of a festival Wacken is Oh yeah, way, because if if that's that's the turnout for the first show, so what's the turnout for the the headliners and everything like that? Yeah, precisely. Mm. And I I think it it was also a bit maybe maybe I heard like afterwards that since we were the only black metal band in in the competition, like and representing Finland, so mm. I, I think that was probably one thing that uh, was making people interested in in see, seeing there. But yeah. yeah, but still, like I, I, I couldn't have imagined that that many people would have been there to see us, and it, yeah. it, it felt absolutely amazing. Uh, so, was that the biggest show you've played, or was it the Man Eating, eating Tree one? I yeah, yeah, the Wacken definitely is bigger because the capacity of of Nostri was uh, less than two thousand. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think. Yeah. But of course, it's a sold out venue, but naturally the Wacken felt better because it was with my own band mm. and and i was not like the substitute yeah. bass player for them of course of course and uh, i remember discussing this with with you so the singer and he said that it was um you were told that it was a tent so when you came there and you realized that, okay it's a tent but it's a tent the size of a football field basically so did you know ahead of that time that it, it would be such a big tent that you were gonna play in i don't remember at what point we knew that but we did knew that like in advance for maybe like like some days in mm. advance but we didn't li- like that it was a tent i think the capacity of the tent uh, was brought to our attention like during the day when we were like getting our gear there mm. and then when we saw like the running order of the festival that with the same stages there with the same stage as us performed mm-hmm. later on the festival bands like an annihilator cannibal corpse nile mm. matushka th- that kind of like like really serious big artists so mm. so um let's talk about your current situation for uh, for a bit so you're currently be- uh, in uh, four different projects at the moment and uh, how is each project going on usually i i have few people over who are at tops two two bands but how does it go with four bands yeah well it of course naturally uh, takes a little bit scheduling mm. but uh, then again like like for example uh 
Ravage Machinery, the last time we have had shows has been like 2017. So it has been a while. We are we are being like composing new stuff and mm. it has like kind of like prolonged. We have already like the material for our upcoming album. It has been more or less ready already like over a year, but we haven't been able to record it yet, but we are planning to record it on within this year and hopefully during the summer yeah so it hasn't took that much of time of for me lately uh well ikuturuso is like it's not playing performing live like naturally without the pandemic mm. like we have had only like one show and we have one, one two upcoming shows so and it's kind of like the idea of the band also that mm. We only want to play like, uh, how how would I say that? We want to carefully choose like where we play, and we don't want to play like too much. Just like like the chosen few events, yeah. And and with from the void, it has been more performing, and with Swordenite, it has been like like uh, the idea behind that band is to like perform mm. as many gigs as possible, and uh, well. I think like I would have add to those two biggest uh, moments to me in 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 my music uh, with Suodana uh, performing in Japan. If it would have happened mm. like without, if, if this pandemic wouldn't have ruined everything, so I yeah. think that that would have been great. And and I I really am looking for forward of it that we would be able to do that after. after this plague has ended. Yeah, let's let's certainly hope so. That and so 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 pretty much la, la, like the bands. Like back to your question, the the bands have la, like different statuses at, mm. at the moment. So it it has been uh, easier in 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 that that way because like not all all the bands are as active as each other. Yeah, yeah. So uh, is is Swatan and the most active at the moment. Uh, I know that you've been uh, recording a new album or new songs at least. Yeah, yeah. We we have recorded drums for the next release and and made already the music video to that uh, release as well. Hmm. And I I would think that li- like live wise, uh, Swatan is the most active. But I think recording wise, uh, Ikuturuso is probably the most active in there because we have already recorded our third album yeah. and uh, I just like and at the previous weekend I recorded drums for one song for our upcoming sp- split release and on the following weekend I will be recording drums for the next two splits okay of Ikuturuso and there is a, even the fourth split is on on the plans for this year and maybe one EP as well, so it's producing music uh, pretty much more than the three other bands of <laughs> of mine, like in combined. Yeah, okay. So uh, that's like a more studio heavy project in a way. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we uh, we're heading towards the end of the interview, but uh, first about first uh, about the. Uh, the future plans you can talk uh, about the future plans of each project or you can combine them in in your own words like um, 
how you would uh, imagine your future with these projects and uh, uh, your musical career in general? Well, I would say that uh, like each of the projects have new material coming. Uh, the Ikuturso already has mm. stuff like fully recorded. Uh, Sotana and From the Void have drums recorded for the upcoming albums. Mm. And uh, it's on the plans for Ravich Machinery as well. So there will be a lot of recordings to do like in the next, uh, let's say, four to six months or, or so. Yeah. So we try to like make the best out of this time when the live shows are not possible to be productive. And hopefully like with the 2022, there would be able to be live shows. Yeah. If not even earlier, but but like I I will put my money on the year two thousand and twenty-two. Yeah. So, uh, because you also work in the event industry a lot, so uh, have the because the band projects have still been going on. Have there they been kind of a mental output in a way because you haven't been able to pretty much do your your regular work with the events because of the pandemic and. Uh, uh i i would imagine that because that you would ima- uh, hope that the the live shows will be available as soon as possible to get back, back to work too yeah naturally yeah it, it it has been good that at at least there has been like the band stuff that i can do and and the recording stuff where i have have like the education and knowledge and experience of doing so i can i can do that but like like within the live side it has been like pretty much close to zero like yeah there were a few few shows last year like just just before the pandemic and like in the in the uh end of the summer and and early, early fall when the it seemed that the pandemic would have been like gone better so there were like few few occasions but like 95 to 97 percent of my calendar was totally wiped out mm. so yes definitely the the band thing is has been good in a mental way and and of course it's like kind of like investing also to your future because like when when the bands are releasing new material they are more relevant for mm. that moment so it would be it will be easier for them to get more shows like yeah. af- afterwards or during that time when the rec- recording is coming out. So it's, I, I feel it, it's kind, kind of like in, investing to the live scene. And of course, naturally it's investing to the band and, and like the continuation of the bands. Yeah, of course. Uh, how about um, in terms of uh, uh, your other, because I, I Usually, with uh, each its guest, I have been discussing their their ways of coping with the situation. So the band stuff is definitely one one thing. That but have you found something else to do uh, with your kind of spare time? You've been uh, uh, brewing beer at least for with your friend friends and uh, with your brewery. Yeah, well, of course, brewing is is quite a uh mentally uh how would i say like like it eases up like the 
the fe- feeling like with within the ban- pandemic that mm. at least you can do something and something you like the other stuff that i have been doing is like like going to fishing and like last fall hunting mm. way much more than before because i had really much uh, more time in at, at my hands and that has been la- la- like probably the best best bonus in this time i mm. i think but like like the brewing stuff is also very ni- very nice and 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 actually we are going on next thursday we are going with my friends to my fr- friends brewery to make a, another prototype and 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 uh, really really looking forward of it because like like the previous prototypes that we have been doing mm. like within the past six months ha- have been quite nice and one of them even turned turned out to be uh like officially published beer for the uh rights of north event that i am organizing so mm. and it has had a had a good feedback like from people that i have heard so it's always like satisfying to hear that you can do stuff that other people mm. like and I, I i don't like see they're pretty pretty much like difference that is it the music or beer or mm. whatever like as as long as you're doing something right and it's making people happy it yeah of course affects to me being happy as well yeah sure of course um we're heading to towards the end of the interview so at this point you can uh, uh give greetings or other announcements to the listeners if you would like to do that yeah well i would say that support your local artists in, in this time of need and buy the merch and cds and, and mm. other other stuff so they will have uh, at least some some form of income in order to cope up with the with the situation like every every penny is wor- worth it and and like and when when the shows come come again like go to the shows and in, enjoy yourselves like mm. don't don't let yourself too much in into the fear that this pandemic has uh made because mm. it will be over at some point yeah hopefully sooner than later yeah definitely well if that's all uh then i would like to say the the regular ending here uh thanks for listening and uh, stay safe out there <laughs>